Well, good morning, everyone. It's so glad to be, I'm glad to be with you all. Um, and I'm going to wait just a few minutes, um, well, maybe 30 seconds, until everybody gets the handouts. Uh, this morning I have a, um, um, the topic that we're going to talk about is very deep, and I will be upfront and honest with you. There is so much to this that I think I just have an inkling of, of kind of where we are in some ways with this topic. And um, I'm going to kind of go back because last Sunday evening when we were all joined together in prayers, when, this, uh, when, I, when I became aware of some of the surroundings that we were, we were privileged to be a part of, and it was overwhelming, <laughs> to say the least. Um, so you see the topic that we're going to look at here, and it's, it's incredible. <laughs> and I stand here in fear and trembling in a good way because of the gravity of what I feel the Lord has put in my heart to share with all of you this morning. We are a, we are a privileged, and you know what I mean by that, not, not the way the political voices are saying. We are a privileged people in the, in the relationship that God has given to all of us. It is so rich and deep, challenging. <laughs> um, I mean, we could, we could attach all different types of adjectives to it. It's great. It's wonderful. It's stretching. And um, I know that this new season that we're in, it's, it's different, and it's, and it's always going to be that way, but it's very, um, yes, there's opposition, but there's so much of the blessing of the Lord in the midst of it uh, that the enemy is trying to get us, and I could say for myself, he's trying to magnify the opposition, but we need to magnify the Lord in the midst of it, and that's that's easier said than done. We, we, we've been in this walk for quite some time, but it can be done. And so last Sunday night after the prayer class, I mean, I know there's a specific focus that we're, we're, we're praying for nations. And um, so, you know, you kind of you prepare your heart, but you, you don't really know what to expect, even though you feel an expectation deep within your spirit you know that the lord's going to do something you just don't know what it is and this is our walk it's a walk of discovery it's a walk of really exploration <laughs> uh pioneering however you want to call it um and so i just you know, i was just going through the i don't say going through the motions but i was just going through our routine where you know you just talk for a few minutes go to the restroom and walk in not knowing what i was about to get ready to walk into <laughs> it was one of those moments. And the minute the door opened to go into the, into the sanctuary, man, my spiritual sensitivities just became heightened to a point that I became aware of surroundings that have always been here, but I had not really been able to tap into or, or perceive them. And at first I was, I was, I was just like stunned by it. And discerning, trying to discern, I mean, there was activity going on all over the place. The heavens were wide open. 
I knew that as I sat down right beside the, uh, the podium there, or maybe I was standing, I can't remember all the details, but I remember being aware of the pure river proceeding out from the throne was very, very active and flowing in. And then it, uh, simultaneously, I just became aware of the tree of life. And, 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 and we're going to look at some of the things here. And mind you, I'm, I'm telling you, I am no expert on this topic. But I know there's a certain part of this that, that was really, really highlighted to me. That I had, I had, I've read it. I knew it. But there's something really deep about the tree that we're going to, we're going to talk about my eyes were open to something that was like did I just read that correctly it's happened like that in the past but it's it's a different eye-opening experience just say that and so and I know pastor has written a lot of things about this there's been teachings on it and and those things are all great but for me it's it's just a time release. You know, when the Lord gets ready to reveal something to you, he's going to open it up, even though somebody else has already proclaimed it like five, six years ago. It's just something that he's given at that moment. And, and that, was, that was this time frame. So um, we're going to look at the tree of life. Everything that God does is focused on bringing life. And this tree... Man, it is, every time I just think about it, it's just like I'm, I'm overtaken deep within my spirit. I'm just overwhelmed by even just talking about it, using the terminology. But I've put part of the verse that really stood out during that, during that time frame where we were all together about the leaves. We are partaking of something that's within the leaves on this tree that is bringing the therapeuo to the nations of the world. And I had not really, I, I knew that it was there, but I've always focused on the, the fruit, the, 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 the 12 months of the fruit coming over and over and over again, and, and it never being consumed. Unlimited access and supply. But I'd never really, my spirit had never really honed in on the leaves. The fruit didn't bring the healing. It was the leaves that God said, I'm going to use in a therapeutic manner and bring healing to nations. That's what was brought to my attention very, very um, sharply <laughs> during that time frame. And I thought, okay, I, 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 I get this, but I didn't get it. <laughs> It's like just the inception point of it. And so that, that entire evening, I was just like standing there or laying there stunned by what was being said and what I was sensing. And so what I did was I just began to go and study this week when I had the time about the tree of life. And this is what I, we're going to look at together. Um, this is a very, very... And God has granted us access to these things. And I, and I believe he's given us um, remedies. And you will see here in a minute, Ezekiel had this same type of, of experience where he, he talks about 
the leaf where it is, is like medicine, and it's translated as, as a remedy. And so immediately, what do I start thinking about? I start thinking about grace cures or grace remedies and where we are in grace and where we're headed in wisdom and revelation, and, and all of that's tied together. So let's, let's go back to the very beginning in the, garden, in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 2, verses 8 through 17, it says this, And the Lord God, or Yahweh Elohim, planted a garden. And I think that's very interesting about this garden. It's, it's a, it's a fenced-in area. It's, 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 it's hedged about. It's a place of protection. And at this point, mankind had not missed the mark where sin had entered into the world. We know that the rebellion of the enemy had already occurred. So that was, that was already there. But this is the, the place of where, where God positioned mankind. And really, it's a place of perfection at this point. Genesis 3 hasn't happened yet. So God has hedged him in this area. It's a protected area. And it says it's eastward in Eden, and he put man there whom he'd formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life also was in the midst of the garden. And we have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or Tob and Ra. And there's a river that went out of Eden to water the garden, and it, it parted thence, and it became into four heads. And the name of the first is Pison, that is, which compasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good, and there is, okay, I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Can somebody help me with that? But it's some kind of a stone or something. I don't even know how to pronounce it. And the onyx stone, Bedelium, okay. So it is it, like it looks, okay. Bedelium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasses the land of Ethiopia. And the third river is uh, Hedekel and that which goes towards the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God, or Yahweh Elohim, and we, every time we see that, we think of the plan of God in conjunction with the heart of God, took the man and put him in the garden. I think that's very significant. The Lord wants to take individuals that he's formed and put us in this place. I mean, we're, we're not in the Garden of Eden. We're talking about it, it's symbolic and represents and speaks towards being in heaven and, and, and around the throne. And I mean, so we're in the New Testament. So he, but God places mankind there. He wants us there. He wants us in the midst of that river that's flowing. And, and, he, and, it, and we're there for a purpose. Number one, he says, so that mankind could dress it or work and serve me there in this place. Be enslaved to me in this place. And not only that, but to keep it, shamar, to guard over it, protect it, and participate in whatever God's asking us to do in this place. And the Lord God commanded the man and said, of every tree of the garden, you can eat, free, eat, freely eat of it. I mean, imagine <laughs> the expansiveness of what's here. I mean, we, we have some details, but we don't have all of them. Every tree, God says, okay, you can eat of. But he said there's one tree 
that I don't want you to eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of Tobin Raw, you shall not eat of it. For in that day that you eat, what's going to happen? You're going to die. Death will begin to manifest itself in you. And so from the very inception, when the tree of life is mentioned, he speaks of it. It's in a place of perfection. He says, I form mankind and I have placed him there. That's the, the Lord God, Yahweh. It's my plan and it's in my heart for this to take place. I think that is very, very significant. The law of first issuance. You know, because there are those that think, you know, you guys, you should not be operating in heaven. What are you talking about being seated at the right hand? I mean, there are those that they, they, they really oppose this and they don't have a, uh, an understanding of what God really intends for them. But he's placed this inside of us to share this with people all over the world. What a privilege and an honor to be a, a messenger of his eternal message. Don't you think? I mean, this is, this is amazing here. We know this. And I'm just kind of encouraging all of us to, to remember, you know, the Lord's formed us and placed us in an Eden-like place of perfection to serve him, to be enslaved to him, to dress it, to take care of it and guard over the things that are there. And then if you keep reading, then he talks about how he wants to you know, man, man's alone, you know, I want to help uh, create a help meet for him. And then we come into chapter 3 where enters the serpent. And we, we know the, the different dynamics there. The serpent immediately starts to go, hath, hath the heart of God said, hath God Elohim said. Oh, he knows once you eat of this, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be like gods. You're going to be little Elohims and you're going to know Tobin and raw. So the enemy immediately sends the serpent and says, you know what, I need you to attack this. I need you to oppose this and try to get in the mind of Adam and Eve. And so we know that that's exactly what happened. The very tree that God said, don't eat of, the enemy says, I'm going to go, I'm going to focus on that, and I'm going I'm I'm to cause them to really begin to waver and to go after this forbidden fruit that's on this tree. And as a result, guess what happens? Death enters in. And in verse 22, it says this, And then Yahweh Elohim said, Behold, the man has become one of us, to know Tob and to know Ra, and now let, lest, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, Interesting right there. Partaking of this and the equating of living forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent, sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way. And why did God do this? To keep the pathway to the tree of life. So at that point, when Adam chose to not follow the directive of the Lord, God said, I'm going I'm to place these angelic beings there, and they're going to be guardians. 
and I'm going to place this sword that's going to turn in every direction as a way to keep the pathway to this tree of life that when people eat of, it's going to cause them to live forever. I don't know, there's, there's, just, there's a lot there. And so that's in the beginning. So later on, we're going to see where we are. Because, I mean, this was a different time frame, but the principles are still very much active. I, don't, I never knew what the tree of life was 20 years ago. I mean, I just read it. On, it was just words on a page to me. But it's become a reality to all of us in some ways. Um, so let's look now at Proverbs. And, and, I, and some of the things that I know that the reason why we're looking at this is we are partaking of things off this tree at this moment and during this season that's going to propel us forward into wisdom and revelation in ways that are are directed by the Lord for for the for the new year. Does that make sense? So as as we keep going through, you'll you'll see some of these things that crop up. Wisdom and understanding is a tree of life in Proverbs chapter 3 verses 13 through 20. It says, happy is the man that finds wisdom. And the wisdom here is, is, is something, it's, it's the wisdom of God, but it, it's also something that's going to be in, in our thoughts. It's going to be in the words we release, and it's going to be a, a part of our actions, what we do. Finding that and the man that gets understanding there. And that word for understanding just really means to be able to, take things that, that are, that's being given to us and comprehending it and being able to separate it and, 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 come and distinguish things and be able to bring understandings to not only our lives but to those around us. Happy is the man that finds the wisdom and gets understanding. And look, look at verse 14. For the merchandise of it, merchandise is the profit that comes from it is tobe it's better than the merchandise of any silver so now he's starting to equate the wisdom and the understanding here to silver and saying you know what the 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 the, the wisdom that you gain and the understanding that comes to you is far better than any kind of silver that you can have in your pocket or let's keep reading and the gain thereof of any fine gold and then he doesn't stop there. He says, she is more valuable, precious than rubies. So here's the mention of silver, fine gold, and rubies. I mean, from an earthly perspective, we would think those things are great, right? All the ladies would say, yeah, I'd, I'd take a ruby, right? Fine gold. I mean, we, we like all of those things. But he's, he's showing us how, how important this wisdom and the understandings that's us he has poured out wisdom and revelation in abundance and understandings to all of us and those are the things we need to continually focus on find the wisdom find it sometimes it's not going to happen just automatically finding requires action on our part and when the Lord sees us actively interceding and actively reaching out to him and asking for wisdom, as James directed us to, he's not going to turn around and go, you know what, you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you, hmm, I'll give you a ruby instead. How about that? He's not going to do that. 
because it violates who he is. And, and it says in verse 15 too, and all the things that you can desire, anything that you can think of or, or place a value on or, or, or have, take, take pleasure in, he says any of those things are not to be compared unto her. There's no comparison to this wisdom and the understanding that can be given to us by God. Rubies don't compare to it. Fine gold doesn't compare to it. I, I did, that's astounding to me. We need wisdom. We need understanding. And he is, going, he is providing and he will continue to provide that for us. Verse 16, length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She, being personified, is a tree of life to them that lay hold. Lay hold there means you, you, you fasten yourself to the wisdom. You fasten yourself to the understanding there. You bind yourself to it. And happy is everyone that retains her. And then pastor spoke on this verse recently. I think it was on a Wednesday night. The Lord, Yahweh, by wisdom, has founded the earth, and by understanding he has established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. So the tree of life in this regard is we are partaking of wisdom and understanding for this time frame that we're in. I believe we, that's what a few things that are here. And we need to just know that God is providing everything that's needed for the moment, for the hour, for the month, and what's, what's to come. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> okay, let's look at page two. This this is a, a few verses here we're we're all familiar with, and this speaks of being granted the right or the exousia or the authority to even access the tree of life. In Revelation 22, verses 12 through 14, it says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For so many years, a lot of us, kind of like I was, you just kind of read a, read a verse and see the words on the page, but not really have any kind of experience with uh, the topic. And you just, that makes sense, Sandra? Okay, it's, um, I mean, we didn't really know what divers' tongues was until we started, our spirit started praying in all these different languages, right? So the, it, it's just, it's so intriguing to me how, and there, there are lots of people around that are in, in that same mode, 
You know, they, God has placed things on the inside of them, and they are not actively using their giftings that are, that are there. And so, anyway, I kind of digress. So let's just give it. So the main focus of this verse is being given the authority to even access the tree of life. So number one is we do his commandments. So whatever the Lord is directing us to do, that's the, that's the crucial point that gives us access into the tree of life. And immediately I start thinking about life. You know, the, God's very, his very nature, the, the person of who he is, the, the, the pneuma, the spirit of what? Life. It's who he is. And, and every time you, 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 you think of life, we, we should always reflect back to if this. We're talking about the very essence of who God is. Now let's look at the, this next section here. Overcomers eat of the tree of life, partaking of the zoe. Revelation 2, 1 through 7. And, and there's been reference to this in the past, but, you know, this is the church at Ephesus. And we're functioning in an Ephesus-like manner in this body and he says unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things saith he that holdeth or crateo the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks I know your works your labor and your patience and how you can't bear them that are evil or cacos and you've also tried them which say they are apostles You've tested those that are saying they're, they're operating in an apostolic manner and are not, and you found them out to be liars. Wow. That's kind of stern there, isn't it? And has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake, you've labored and you've not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because you've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from whence you've fallen and repent. Now, when I read these words... You know, they, they, they are really direct. They're very direct. But the tone that this is coming forth from, I don't think the Lord is kind of pointing a finger and going, you know, well, you scumbag, you know, you left your first love. The tone of this is like he's saying, I recognize that you've kind of drifted away. And what fallen there means to drop away or to be driven out of your uh, one's course or to become... It can mean to be to become inefficient. But when he's saying these words, he means what he says, but the tone of it is like, okay, I know you've you've done this, I know you veered off. Here's the solution. Repent, get back in line, and so you can move forward with me. And I just wanted to kind of mention that because, you know, there's times where in our walk, I don't think any of us want to want to drift away from the agape. I'm not saying that at all. But there are times where this can happen. And if it does, I or you, all we need to do is go recognize it and go, Lord, I've done this. I repent. Help me to get back in line and move forward. But, but the tone of this, as I read this bef- this time around, I felt, I felt something differently than I had. I, I, so some people read it and they think, you know, it's like a, the, the big hammer, you know, and uh, God's the hammer, and He's going to smack you with it. That, that's that's not the tone of this. So I just I'm just saying that because of 
I guess for myself. Let's just keep it like that. Because we, we can veer off. Um, and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove the candlestick out of its place except you repent. But this you have. You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans which I also hate. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit or Numa is saying unto the churches. And to him that overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And so the thing that I want to focus on here is, is overcoming. We, have, we are a people that are called to overcome whatever, whatever we face, whatever mountain is in front of us, whatever obstacle, whatever barrier, whatever is we're facing, we're called to overcome it, no matter what it is. And the beauty of this is as we overcome, according to this verse, we're, we're being privileged to ingest things that are from this tree that are life-giving. And much has been taught about this in the past. But I just ask you the question right now. What, what might you be facing that God's asking you to overcome right now? Just think about it rhetorically. And know whatever that is, you're going to be ingesting or eating things from this tree that is going to give life to you and not only for you, but for others around you. When we have access to this tree, it's for the purpose of bringing life to us and to everyone else around us. And I don't know, there's, there's, there's really, and we'll see here in just a minute how this tree's in the paradise of Theos. But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but anyway. Anybody have any comments? I'm going to stop and... Okay, let's keep moving. Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. Now, I put in, in brackets there how uh, if, you, if you go back and you start reading in Revelation 21, you find that John is he's carried away in the pneuma. He is in the breath of the Lord, and all of these things, he's in the Spirit, and all of these things are happening. So it's, and then we come into chapter 22, and it says, And he, this is one of the seven angels, according to Revelation 21, 9, shows me a pure river, a catharos river. And, I, and I've put there, this river is free from impurities and any kind of contaminants. It's absolutely pure, and it's described as being clear as crystal. And I remember last Sunday evening being in there. Some of you have had these river encounters, and, and you've, you've been there. But, I mean, the minute you sense this river and it starts to overtake you, Anything that's impure becomes pure. And, you, and, you, and I sense that. I'm like, okay, wow, I just had all these 15 thoughts that were just totally impure. And now when I sense this river coming in here, all of that stuff's gone. 
I mean, in a, in, in a millisecond. Just absolutely gone. I'm like, whoa, that was pretty cool. That was amazing. And, and I know I'm not saying this too well. I'm sorry. Just, just bear with me. Give me a little bit of grace here. Um, you guys know it's overwhelming when, you, when these things happen. But it's, it's, it's a pure Catharos River of the water of life. So now you've got the tree of life, and then you've got this water of life, of Zoe. And it's proceeding out. It's telling us exactly where it's coming. It's coming out of the throne of Theos and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was this tree of Zoe. And the tree bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of that same tree were for the therapuo of the nations. And as I stood there, all I knew at that point was I kept hearing the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. And I thought, okay. I wrote it down. And I thought, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't. I mean, we can envision, you know, I'm th- I've always focused on the fruit side, you know, thinking maybe the, and, and that's important. That's really important. But where is the healing coming from? There's something in this tree where I believe it, it, it's a medicinal type of a thing that's going to, we've been participants of it. And, and I believe the insight, the revelation, the understanding, the wisdom we wrote, read, read about in Proverbs, I believe all of that is part of this, is going to bring therapy to nations. How is that going to happen? <laughs> it's happening now, but I think what, what God's giving us in this, in this next season is leaves for now. Not the leaves that were for healing a month ago. Does that make sense? I just know that this is coming. And I don't know. It's wisdom. It's understanding. It's life. It's, and maybe it's this. This is something that just came last night. Was We know that heaven knows no bounds. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. That's just not Dallas. That's an expansive throne. That's an expansive um, footstool. <laughs> it's massive. And, and I believe that where we go as his representatives, this, this river is going to begin to manifest the purity of the river and the life from the water. And the leaves from the tree is going to manifest in ways that are going to be phenomenal. And that's, that's really what I feel is one of the focuses of this, is that when this really begins to manifest over a nation, we're not talking about just a little congregation, a group of people. We're talking about, he says this is for nations. I think it's going to really look a lot different than any of us have ever imagined. I mean, at this moment, God could say, you know what? I'm going to manifest this now. And this river could begin to go out all in, the, in everywhere and start flowing. Everywhere. 
into the neighborhood here, into the government, everywhere. And when that happens, anything that's impure, or if there's anything that's contaminated, he says, when this happens, according to Ezekiel, every, th- every place where this river goes and touches and moves, everything comes alive and lives, right? That's what, that, that just blows me away. And to try to wrap my little finite mind around it makes my head hurt. But it's here. And this type of healing, pastor's written, you know, the wholeness book. And, and this term is in there, the different types of healing. And it's where we get our word therapy. And, it's, and it really, what it, what it really means is for the, the leaves bringing the healing or the ther- therapy to the nations, it, it's really focused on where there's a need or where there's a dysfunction of something. And God bringing that into, back into alignment, Right? If someone goes into therapy, that means they have a point of need. There's something that's not working right, and they need some help, right? These leaves are going to provide the solution and the remedy and the healing for nations. We are partaking of this. Now, I haven't seen any leaves, you know. You know, we all know medicinally leaves have that kind of a quality to them. These are... Way beyond that. So what do you guys think about that? What comes to mind when you hear about the, 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 the leaves bringing the healing to nations? That's a, not a rhetorical question. Any thoughts? Okay, no thoughts. Maybe you're just... Thinking very deeply about it. <laughs> <laughs> Something the pastor said last week when we were talking about this, I think he said, I mean, when you think about therapy, therapy doesn't happen in one instance. It's, you know, over a period of time, there are things that are distributed or done that bring the therapeuo, that bring that alignment. And so that, I think that's an interesting, you know, perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Very true. Well, I think I think this is such a widespread thing, and I do think you're on target here. I'm so appreciative of it. Um, you know, leaves leaves can produce nutrients back into the ground, and I wonder if um, if these leaves, one of the facets of it, as we receive it from the Lord. And we invest that into the nations where we're sent. Um, if it doesn't start kind of sparking, bringing the the original intent of God, and it it progressively treats the the way that iniquity and sin have robbed the earth from what it was created to do. So you go, you go to the prototype, you go to the pattern, you go to the way things should be, and supernaturally, that then through the through the leaf would start start bringing kind of like a fertilizing of purpose and truth, and maybe spark new new growth 
So the fruit is for us, and the leaves are what we what we represent. What what that the what paradise represents to these nations, I think. And you know, like we 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 understand that, you know, like herbal things. You know, you, you brew like these tea leaves, and you know how how productive that is. How it's like an antioxidant. And it's a it's a kind of rejuvenating, and you know we understand that in our own in our own bodies. But to me, um, you know, and, and I I think like the one of the passages you saw earlier you referenced earlier in Revelation 22 that um, the only way you're getting into this area of paradise is having authority, the exousia. And then you see a very clear distinction. From that place, there are gates that enter into the city. And that's why you see in that place where this tree is and where these other trees are, um, people that you recognize, like Paul and the apostle. And you see people that are like a great cloud of witnesses that have invested themselves. They also are there because of authority. And I think years ago, the Lord showed us that the Kronos Kairos gate is actually connected to the temple of the tabernacle, but it actually looks out over this paradise. And um, I think that God is very, one of the facets of what prayer is going on in that temple is also connecting with God's overall plan and his, his Kairos moments that are then directing what's going on with that tree and those people that are there. And um, this, is, this is very interesting, but I, I just think that, again, this is just a minimal comment. I think that we are, we're getting insight and we're, we're being anointed and somehow God is allowing us to take the, the essence of those leaves and as we proscuneo and as we declare, we're releasing that into the, 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 the wilderness. We're releasing it into the dry places, and that's going to bring sequentially the healing, the therapeutic, as, as Stacy just said, that um, segmented, timely release. So I, I, I don't know. No, no, no. Ask those for are, those. This is your class. No, that's, that's, that's great. That's all good. Rick? Well, the, uh, the leaves also, while they're alive, they take the carbon dioxide and turn it into oxygen. So they're taking the bad, turning it into the good. Mm. That's a good point. I, I just keep thinking about timing and the Kairos moment because about months and months ago, I just had a, a vision where the leaves were coming and they were flowing and they were, uh, Katie was sitting on a bench in a garden and she was writing songs, worship, and these leaves came from the tree of life, were released around her, and it like fell on the pages where she was writing. She was writing. You know, I don't under, I didn't understand, <laughs> but I keep, as you speak, I just keep in how the Lord has really put this on your heart, I just keep feeling the timing and the Kairos moments, and she's, you know, right now she's yeah, yeah, and she's there. So right. 
you know, I just keep wondering, is this a time of release, Father? Is this one of those Kairos moments, Kairos moments that, um, so anyway, I just say that. No, that's great. Yeah. I think that's very, very applicable. And, and I think it's very interesting that this topic is something that's obviously resonating through the realm right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a very real thing. And in six months, we're going to be at the, the, the headwaters of the Amazon in, in a, in a <laughs> rainforest. And, and I'm just thinking, what is God giving us now to release there? What, what, is, what is the significance of that for that continent? It's, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. God's timing is so amazing. True. And you know what? Another weird thing, Mark, like yesterday afternoon, I thought I was going to speak this morning on what the 12 fruits are. And I was working through it, and I thought, this is, this is, put a lid on it, because I don't, I, I had to have some clarity on a couple of these things. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> I, I just think it's very interesting that you're having these experiences, and you are, and many others are. And God is really serious about these, and, and why wouldn't He be? These are these are eyewitness, inspired, anointed accounts. Yeah. And um, I'm just amazed. Yeah. It's the same here. <laughs> because see, when you when you when you enter into heaven uh, as you die, you come into this clearing place, and you can go off into this massive place to the right. And it's great, but the, the way to paradise is very, very narrow. It's in heaven, what, what's narrow in heaven. But you, you don't just get in there. Um, and so I think we, we need to recognize this is kind of a remnant thing, this authority, the exousia, yeah. to do this. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that God doesn't love everybody. That's not, it's not it. But there's a remnant measure here. Anyway. No, no, that, that's, that's good. Um, I was just thinking about... Okay, Sandra. Well, I don't know how to ask the question. Are the leaves like a, a gifting? Are the leaves like um, a purpose? Or the, I mean, what, you know, like, for instance, I thought saw these leaves coming. Is it like an annoying? Is, I think know. it's a release of supply for whatever dimension that God is doing yeah. at that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because every month that tree generates a new crop of fruit. So it's and I would imagine that every month the leaves themselves, because it's different fruits every month, so there's a different manifestation of it, of these leaves, for whatever that fruit represented. And it's just a continual sowing. So I, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, no, no, I was thinking the same thing. It, it, it just reminds me of, um, it, it's whatever's needed at that moment. I mean, if, if you look back over the last 20 plus years, I mean, we can, we can see it now, but while we were in the middle of it, you know, in year one, you guys were in year one, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't see certain things. You knew, you know, this was happening or that, but being able to kind of connect the dots and go, oh, that was a time release. We were in the time of the Lord for this to be unveiled 
for this, this insight to not be hidden anymore. And so year two, I mean, every, every bit of what we're talking about is, is just God's directing every bit of it. And when he sees this need and he sees the dysfunction, I think these leaves are going to be a part of that. And he's letting us be aware of it. And he'll make sure that we know when, when that's going to happen and what he's doing. So, I mean, that's, I'm putting it in its simplistic terms. But um, I do want to I do want to reference, you know, I know we're short on time. We've got about 10 minutes left. Um, Ezekiel had some interesting, I'm not going to read through all of this because we've, we've read this before, but I do want to reference on verse 6 how he's being given this vision <clears throat> of the river, the ankles, the knees, the loins, and then being overtaken, being able to swim in it. And then in verse 6 it says, And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou ra'ad this? He's presented this question. Are you being able to discern uh, what's going on? And then he takes him to the brink of it, and all these trees are there, and then he references the waters bringing healing, and that's Rapha, uh, the word for healing in, in the, uh, the Old Testament, meaning to mend or to cure. And two different times he says, wherever this river goes, it, anything that it touches is going to live. Twice he says that. But then he says... There's certain, certain um, in verse 12, and, but the miry places thereof and the marishes, therefore, they're not going to be healed. They're going to be given to salt. And by the river upon the bank on the side and on that side, these trees are growing for meat, meaning they're editable. And then he says, the leaf shall not fade, nor is the fruit going to be consumed, but it's going to bring forth new fruit according to its months. Because the waters issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. And that means a remedy. So it's very much similar to John describing the river that's flowing in Ezekiel. Ezekiel seeing it many, many years before John. But God is very, very detailed in what he's revealing. He can share snippets. But then if he says, you know what, I need to show you great detail, boom, here it is. He can do it. And so that got me to thinking, okay, there are different individuals in the scripture that were told to eat certain things. And I've titled this, Eating What is Given to Us. With Ezekiel, he was told to eat this galal roll. And galal means to... Um, from, from pastor's writings and stuff, it means to uh, a rolling or an encircling. Uh, it speaks of, represents restoration or the ways of God. So in Ezekiel 2, it says, But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto you. Be not rebellious. Open your mouth. And I put in, <laughs> I think I put this on your handout, yeah. This is not force feeding. This is partnership. Ezekiel had to go. You know what? And I don't think he was going, walking around going, opening the mouth just means partnering with whatever God's going to release to us and being willing to take it in to our being. So he tells him that, and he says, eat what I'm going to give you. And he says, and when I looked, behold, a hand was sent unto me in a roll, a galal roll that was a book, and it was spread before him. 
and it was written within and without, and the contents of the message were, were threefold. Lamentations, mourning, and woe. That was the contents of the messages that he was supposed to deliver to Israel. For John, we've all heard this, this one here, he was told to eat the little book. And it was going to be bitter and sweet. In Revelation 10, verse 8, there's an iscrous angel, a mighty angel in verse 1 that comes down. He's got the rainbow. And pastor's spoken about him recently as well. And he, he said in verse 8, And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and he said, Go, take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which his stem is on the sea and on the earth. And I went in unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it, eat it up, which just means to absolutely consume or devour. And it's going to make your belly bitter, but it's going to be sweet in your mouth. So the inception of it is sweet, but as it gets inside, it becomes bitter. And then he said, I took the little book out of the angel's hand, ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, but it gave me a bitter belly. And then he said, this, this iscrous angel now, you must prophesy again unto many peoples and nations. So the Iskris angel is focused on the nations here, and he's releasing that message to John at that point in, in, in the writing of Revelation. And I just thought that's interesting. As he's eating this little book, this, this Iskris angel says, okay, God's focusing on the nations, and he's doing the same thing in our day. It's just in a different time frame. And as we go... Whatever he puts in us, it's going to be sweet. It might get bitter. Whatever it is, we release whatever he gives to us. And he's giving insights and revelation and understandings to every one of us. And, and I just encourage all of you to really meditate on the things that he gives to you as an individual, as an intercessor. Lay it out. Is it lamentation? Is it woe? Is it sweet? Is it bitter? And really, really think about it because he's giving us things to eat, every one of us. And it might be similar, but it might be different. Look at Ezekiel. Look at John's, how it made him feel internally. I mean, I don't, I don't like the idea of um, having a, a message of lamentation or mourning or woe, but I mean... It could be something like that. Maybe it's like John. So I think I'm just about done. Any other final comments or
taken by this tree of life. <clears throat> and, you know, God uses so many things in the natural to point to the spiritual. And having been raised in the desert, I know that there's some trees there that don't make it here. I've lived in California where the beautiful tall palm trees don't have a chance here, do they? trees here aren't going to make it out there. But God said this tree of life is for all nations. Everywhere. That's what's a beautiful thing about it. Doesn't matter where it is, who they are, what kind of government, it's for everyone. Everywhere. And um, pouring out what they need at that time. And I'll, I'll say, can I insert this here? I, I didn't communicate this very well, uh, or I don't feel like I did, but we need to believe for this river, this pure river, and everything that encompasses that, I believe it's going to begin to manifest and, and move out in, in, in our neighborhood here, and it's going to really begin to take over. Um, I feel I feel it's something very very massive in my spirit that when this re, when when heaven opens up and this river begins to run through it's 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 it's, 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 it's so I just want to just restate that we're what we're doing in partnering with God is is doing this. Thank you, everyone, for coming. And uh, next week, Les will be teaching. Les, thank you very much. Always look forward to hearing you. And uh, Lord bless you for all this message.